October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It has been that way since 2004. And for the past several years here at Connection, we have been tapping into team members. We say, hey, come on and join a little Tech Experience Solutions podcast. Let's chat about security. You can find some other podcasts and security awareness content this year at connection.com slash cybersecurity awareness month. Right now, we're going to explore some of the top cybersecurity threats impacting the healthcare industry. Hey folks, James Hilliard here today, joined by three of Connection's finest. We've got Dr. Keith Nelson on board, Director of Healthcare Strategy. Tim Allen is here, Director of Operations and Technology. And the one and only Steve Nardoni, Senior Director of Security and Network Solutions. And Steve, I'm going to start with you. You and I have been having these conversations over the last many years. Often we get a state of the union, so that's what I'm looking for. What I love it from, though, is the perspective of the healthcare customers that you're talking to on a regular basis. How are they feeling? Do they feel in Cybersecurity Awareness Month 2022 pretty secure when it comes to security? Are they feeling overwhelmed? The kind of the woe is me? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, essentially, uh, I'll, I'll give it a good news, bad news title. Um, you know, the bad news, as we all know, is the, uh, the malicious actors that are out there are continuing to grow in skill and capability and frequency of attacks. And a lot of those are in and around social engineering attacks, of course, which impact the individual employee. Uh, and that's continuing to increase and, and certainly will for a long time. The good news is that we're seeing a higher level of awareness with our customers, and I'm really excited about that. You know, if we go back three or four years ago, you know, we we had this tendency for some small to mid-market customers, as an example, to say, I'm not interesting. Nobody's going to come after me. That really has changed, and they're starting to really understand the importance of things like good identification and authentication making sure that they're really uh, paying attention to um, the potential threats that are out there. So, you know, it has shifted. Um, it's still a, lo- a long way to go, but it has shifted, which, you know, I think I, I'm, I, I know I'm very excited about. All right. So that's a perspective from kind of the the customers out there. Tim, let me ask you this about technology. And I, I hate saying it, and you can, you know, virtually slap me if you want. The technology is the easy part, right? We, we say that often, and the people do get in the way. Let me ask you, Tim, from the technology providers, how do you think they are feeling based on your interactions with them from your role? How are the providers out there? So I'm talking the OEMs. Uh, I'm talking the the software uh, crews out there. How do they feel they're doing on providing the right technology to protect the data and our workers out there and all that sensitive information? So uh, to your point, technology is getting better. Uh, I would say the challenge is, is the integration of the technology. If you've got a particular platform, how do you make it work and communicate with another platform? So now you have a complete thread of understanding of what's going on from an attack vector. So that's that's where I think the improvements we're going to see significantly in the next 12, 24 months. We've, we're, we're seeing a lot of vendors now who've got a lot of technologies, products, as you call them, uh, sitting in their portfolio. Um, but now they're making sure they talk better to each other and in some cases talking better to competitors as well, because that's also an important element to make sure that if customer A has product A and product B, now you've got two little islands. The, the technology is starting to get to the point where they are talking together through, through intermediaries 
And so that's that's a step forward that we're seeing in the industry. Well, and I think that is good news because we've seen uh, sprawl, right? That word sprawl can be attached to almost any, whether it was server sprawl, whether it was security sprawl. And I think that that was a true thing. There were so many of these uh, security, the, the the shiniest, newest, silverest security thing. And all of a sudden, yeah, if they're not working together, you've either got really heavy paperweights sitting in your data center that are or aren't, we're not sure, protecting. And so this this communication. So knowing that we're moving closer there, I think is a good thing. We did, as I mentioned at the beginning here, we were going to have a focus for this conversation on uh, the healthcare space. And we're going to, again, folks, have other information. I'll be sharing that URL with all of you again so that you can hear other conversations. But in the healthcare space, obviously, there's an awareness that we need to be securing uh, the data, the information, the networks and all that, because it's not just the data in those things that are at risk, but people's lives are truly at risk, especially, and I guess you could say it for most industries, but especially in healthcare. So, uh, Dr. Keith, with you, I want to get an idea from the healthcare perspective. Are our healthcare providers, our major hospitals down to the smallest of clinics, are they feeling encouraged that they're getting some good technology support? The right attitudes are changing so that we're being safer. Are they scared, uh, you know, off uh, off the rocker here because they don't know what's going on and they know that the healthcare space is constantly being attacked? What's their State of the Union feeling? Yeah, so um, it's actually both ends of the aisle. Um, I think that for the most part, uh, they're encouraged by all of the recent advancements that have been made. Um, within uh, the IT infrastructure protection thereof. Uh, but they're also worried with the, the ever-evolving threat. Um, you know, almost on a, on a weekly basis, we read about new things. You know, specifically, um, there are two big areas of, of concern um, within the healthcare realm. So one of them is, is loss of information uh, from the EHR patient medical records um, and uh, or possibly being breached on the financial side through um, uh, you know, an organizational uh, piece that deals with the financial revenue cycle, for instance. Both of those are catastrophic. But the other half of this is ransomware, right? So uh, being being threatened by not having access to those records, not necessarily losing them, but losing control of them. And in talking to um, a bunch of providers about their primary concerns, one of the biggest ones is probably because of the, uh, the advent of this pandemic, um, they are constrained financially as far as what their investments are. And so they've decreased uh, in large part their security investments in and around to protect them um, from these types of things. So that is a big piece of concern around most medical groups and a lot of um, institutions. Um, also, I would tell you, as with most um, verticals, there's phishing exposure. So this is behavioral, right? Um, they've got their employees to worry about. Um, and then there's employee and patient ID theft. Um, so being able to properly identify yourself as um, a viable employee. And lastly, I'd say um, there, there's been an increased amount of concern raised in and around um, virtual care, telemedicine, uh, remote access of employees, as well as things like IoT and remote patient monitoring, because this has always been considered the weak link in the chain. Um, you know, this is it's the easiest place to attack a system. Um, I guess lastly, I would say that there is uh, an ongoing concern about um, cloud security as more and more providers are shifting 
uh, a lot of their systems uh, in large part or in entirety uh, to the cloud. Oftentimes, Steve, as we hear a list, like Keith just rolled out for us, some folks start thinking, well, okay, I should prioritize that list. So I should really focus on the ransomware. I'll kind of hold off on the you know, credential stealing or something like that. That approach doesn't seem to work for security. You have to, I think, to have that holistic approach, but I'm not the expert. You are. So what say you into if those are the major threats facing all of us, but especially healthcare, then where do we look to make sure that we are protecting all up and down that list? And it is a it is a really uh, complex situation in the healthcare industry, um, really just based upon a couple of different things. Um, you know, as an operation, right, a hospital has a pretty dynamic uh, user base, right, that has different, um, you know, they have to do clinical support, bedside support. So the issues of, you know, strong authentication for users, making them carry tokens or something like that, think about a nurse as an example, right? That's going to be incredibly difficult operationally for them to be able to do. And those kinds of things make it pretty complex. Uh, basically, the one thing you want to do is make sure you understand overall where your risk areas are. And I think in the healthcare industry, as uh, Dr. Nelson mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, is this the, the concept of the data protection. Really, it starts there. And, and what do I need to do to ensure that you're following really good security policy and process and principles associated with that sensitive data access. And, you know, so that's for the users, right? And every user needs to be aware that they're accessing sensitive information. And then of course, the other issue was protecting that information uh, against malicious attack. And, um, you know, it really becomes a, a, a really critical issue in the healthcare industry because those medical records are uh, extremely desirable for the attackers out there, right? They post them on the dark web, they make a lot of money off of sharing that information because there's so much detail in the medical record that they can uh, profit from. Tim, when when Keith said that he's having conversations with some of these groups and they're not as focused on the security front today because of some of the things that they've had to deal with given the, the last two years and all that, that kind of raised a concern for me. That made me uncomfortable. How did you react to hearing that from Keith? Well, I mean, considering what healthcare has had to go through the last two years, it, it's not surprising that, you know, they've had to deal with substantial change just on the medical side, let alone the technology side. And so just dealing with doing their basic business of helping patients, solving patient problems, you know, their healthcare, that, that's a huge lift. And then add on top of that, you know, there's this specter of being attacked while you're trying to do your noble role. And so so that is kind of a, an odd situation to find yourself in. And, and for those who are doing that, I mean, they, they, they definitely need to get, you know, uh, noted, no, noted for that because that, that is a hard work that they're doing. But, you know, to get down to what, how do they transition from, okay, the pandemic is behind us to a degree. Obviously, there's there's more in front of us most is behind us is how, how do you look at your security situation and understand how we're going to adapt to the future we know that ransomware is the big thing it's not going away 
how we're going to adapt. And so we look at technologies, or you know, shouldn't use the word technology approaches such as zero trust. And 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 when we just talk about the word trust, you know, we talk about healthcare being a trust relationship. You know, providers are talking to patients. There's a you know trust be there. It's incumbent on that relationship. But then when we get to the how do we secure data? We have to remove trust, which is an oxymoron to the whole process of what you're trying to do, and then understand how we're going to minimize the threat vectors, the the attack services, and those things. And those that is you know you know philosophically a hard thing to transition from one conversation to the other, especially if you're on the front you know tip of the spear, doing that service providing or providing <laughs> providing that service I should say. Well, I, I go back to the Keith, the idea of of ransomware. We know that's still that's one of the biggest threats to all uh, you know verticals out there. But um, someone in the tech space, maybe it's easier to train them, or maybe a sales executive. You can have them stop down from their day and do a little training on ransomware and phishing to make sure that you know maybe on the social side of it, they're not as susceptible. But I can't imagine asking a surgeon, hey, by the way, after your busy old day in the ER, can you come in here and do this extra ransomware phishing training? And then we're going to chastise you because you didn't get it right. And so now you have to go through this other. I mean, that to what Tim's bringing up there, the the, the individuals that we're dealing with that work in the uh, healthcare space, that's tough for them to deal with and, and, and even consider, especially given what they've been dealing with as workers for the last two years so so then that goes to the challenge who and how are organizations moving forward and how are they getting uh staff trained or is it really relying much more on the technology these days for them you know it's interesting affecting behavioral change has always been the biggest problem within the healthcare industry and it bubbles from the bottom to to the top um but if you go to the top and you think about uh, physicians they certainly, you know, they do what they do. Uh, their, their primary directive in life is to help patients, and that's where they want their concentration to be, and they don't want to look at anything else, which is why it was so difficult to implement um, electronic health records in the first place and change that type of behavior. It's only when financial incentives were put in and, you know, carrot and stick uh, were both uh, injected into the equation, and especially with doctors getting acquired by systems and having to answer to their boss now where this started to change, but it's still a major impediment. It's funny, you know, I was, I was talking to Steve about this uh, last week and he brought up a prime example. So if you want to inject something like two-factor authentication, for instance, with nurses, that's an additional step that is going to keep them from doing their job efficiently. And they're just not going to do it. Um, so you need to you need to find a way to engage them better or come up with um, in your words, better technology that's less invasive or um, less divertive, I should say, uh, that's going to um, engage them. Um, and so in answer to your question, it's a combination of technology and of um, engaging the different groups to bring them in on the decision-making process of what is the best way that we can attack this? We'd like to hear from you. Um, it's always this balancing game. Um, very, very difficult. Steve, a lot of folks, you know, bring up uh, piggybacking on what, what Keith's saying there. A lot of folks always thought that that security was a a 
technical thing. It was an IT thing. It was for those people in our organization to take care of. Over the last many years, I think the Cybersecurity Awareness Month, October has always been shining a bit of a spotlight on that. Security really is for all of us. How important is it to, regardless of what technology, uh, again, in the healthcare space, might be being brought in, how important is it to have everybody at the table, not just procurement, not just IT, not just security mind folks, but the nurses, the hands-on technicians to really get an understanding of what impact will this technology have? Yes, we want to secure us, but if it's putting in these road barriers, that's not good for patient care. So how important is it to have that early conversation with everybody? Yeah. I mean, one of the fundamental errors that a lot of organizations make is they design their overall security program around practices rather than business operations. And you need to be able to take that into consideration. You know, thinking about the conversation in and around how clinicians are responsible for security. And I know we've talked about this in the past, James, right? How many times does the individual in the hospital have to get it right when they're reading an email or they may potentially be having something malicious happen, right? Every single time. How many times does the malicious actor have to get it right? Only once. And of course, they're running millions and millions of attacks out there. We know that phishing and social engineering are a primary attack. We know ransomware is is pretty prevalent in the healthcare industry. So I think, you know, getting back to, so it's really important for every employee to be aware, right? And I think that's the beauty of the theme for this month for Cybersecurity Awareness Month um, is, you know, focus on the individual and everybody needs to be aware. But getting back to what Tim talked about a little while ago and the technology has to integrate well, um, in the concept of zero trust, what we're seeing, especially in the healthcare space, is that in order to be reasonably successful at protecting these environments, that systems are going to have to start to take some of the load and doing more um, comprehensive detection and, and some level of mitigation to prevent events from escalating in the environment. And that's why technology over the next, I think Tim mentioned, year to two years is going to have to evolve to really provide that level of protection. And, you know, healthcare institutions should be thinking about managed services as well, right? So that they have highly skilled, highly certified analysts who are watching the store. Uh, but that's really, you know, where we, we need to move because the human, we all know, is the weakest link in the security chain. And and fixing that, you know, as, as uh, Keith mentioned, right, uh, with a physician, you know, a surgeon, right, what's more important, right? Um, I know if I'm in the emergency room and I need critical services, I don't want to hear the doctor say, oh, I forgot my token. <laughs> I can't lock into the system, right? So we got to be really careful about how we address those issues and just have to be really smart about the the design and the execution and not not ignore what's really critical, which is the healthcare operations. And Tim, on the idea that the technology will get stronger, uh, maybe it gets to the point where, again, the individual workers don't have to worry as much about that. There are still, from what I understand, all the security reports and articles that I still read, a lot of things still come down to just doing good best practices, things like strong passwords, uh, things like 
updating software. Uh, maybe, you know, Keith, you brought up the idea of this uh, multi-factor authentication, doing it in a simple manner, right? So it's not invasive to uh, the day-to-day operations of, again, in, in this case, we're talking about healthcare. So uh, w- maybe just a reminder, Tim, of some of the basics that people need to be focusing on too that could go a long way in making sure that we're as secure as we can be these days. So you, you just mentioned several of the key important ones. So you talk about passwords, changing passwords regularly, uh, making sure they're lengthy enough, not memorable in the sense of my dog's password name and things like that. Those, those are some common things. I think a lot of the users already understand. There's still some retrenchment out there, but I think overall everybody understands those basics. But, but if we look at multi-factor authentication where, to the point where we're putting things on a, into a system, which is a very easy task. You know, I only have to know one thing or have one thing, and then I'm into the system. That, that makes life much easier than having to, you know, type your password six times, uh, you know, in a row and things of that nature. So, so those are technologies that are making life easier. Uh, if we we talk about the uh, the human aspect, if I call you up, James, and say, hey, I I need to know your password because your password expired. And we're going to reset it. You know, you would easily know that you know somebody's messing with me, but that still is an activity from a human social engineering side. That still we need to make sure is getting through to everyone to understand. These are the types of things you don't share out. So it's kind of you've got to you've you've got to protect those elements of what you know and understand and be skeptical of people who are asking or reaching out to you. And then you know the point that you mentioned earlier about updating software that is probably within our industry the biggest single challenge. And that creates the biggest problems for the IT folks who are protect, you know, responsible for protecting the infrastructure. Systems get outdated or need to be uh, patched, and not maintaining the patch management, you know, not just at the desktop level, but at the servers and in some cases into the cloud, making sure those things are done systematically. And and so we have that. And then of course on the IT side, the key importance is actually the monitoring. It's great to have a nice fancy dashboard that tells you things that are happening, but if you're not looking at it, bad things can still happen. So you have to have the discipline, you have to have the operational cadence to be watching those systems and looking for anomalies and looking to see what is performing as what you expect it to. And then also have the ability to reach back if you see something or something's happening, the ability to go back into your logs and see, well, okay, this happened only a week ago. In some cases, that's a that's good news because some of these attacks happened six months ago, and you find out too late in many cases. And so, if you find something early, you're in much better place than 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 the reverse. There, Keith. One of the things I was hoping we we might be able to do is just share anecdotally um, an example of a way that connection is out there, your teams are out there helping people deal with these complex security challenges because we know there's no silver bullet. We know that really each and every organization has a unique set of uh, challenges when it comes to security. Some of it 
again, in healthcare has to do with regulations, right? So you have to do certain things a certain way. Some of it has to do with the personnel and the staff that you have. Some of it has to do with size, all this. So what is one way? And obviously, folks, we're going to give you some contact information. So if you want to reach out and talk with our team, you can learn more ways of addressing these challenges. But what's what's something that pops to your mind, Keith, about how we've helped a team really kind of get the insights and the knowledge and, and get to a better security posture than they were before? engaging with the team i'll give you i'll give you more than one so i'll start off with the um the educational component to all of this which we're very very strong on and um we usually lead with that but to focus in on something that's it related directly um anything that has to do with remote patient monitoring iot any any kind of remote access the security that and it's really through steve's uh, tim's team that we wrap around that um, that's of primary concern, as I previously stated. Um, and this is when we build solutions, we build this in. We don't just sell hardware and software systems. We sell the wraparound that protects all of this stuff. And since that is the area of um, primary exposure these days or greatest exposure, we concentrate pretty heavily on that. Um, to give you another example, uh, we've just we started launching a program uh, with robots uh, that disinfect, that uh, are service robots uh, for delivery, things like that. And they have wireless connectivity too. That is another example of um, technology that's exposed. So we don't release these things until we have a complete solution that protects um, all of these things that we're putting out into the marketplace. So top of mind, you know, that's what I would mention. The, other, the only other thing that I would uh, put forward that's a little related to this is it's not just employees. Within healthcare, you're really talking about considering the patient as well. Um, most organizations have a patient portal that's secure, but a lot of patients will respond or and or use personal email, which is exposed. So again, an educational component that uh, fills in uh, that particular gap, but it's something to, cons- to consider where a lot of organizations, they're just thinking internally with their own employees. Steve, last thing I wanted to kind of wrap on with you here is kind of what can folks do? Again, October, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, what are some actionable items that if this is now kind of re-elevated the conversation a little bit for some teams, what can they do to get a better insight into kind of where might they be vulnerable? Uh, what does their security look like? And what can they do to get to a stronger footing? What are a couple of action items that they can, you know, kind of really dive into this month to get them prepared for a stronger end of the year, a stronger, more secure 2023? Yeah, so let's let's start with the employee, right, Um, and making sure that there is some type of an awareness program that everybody can participate in leveraging the materials that are provided as part of uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month um, is definitely, you know, a good thing to do, right? Uh, CISA.gov is where the uh, website is. So if you want to take a look there, but spend some time making sure that if you're worrying about IT security in your environment, that one of the things you're worrying about is employee awareness, because as we've said, you know, they are the weakest link in the chain. Uh, and the fact that they are an attack vector, right, an individual that clicks on a malicious link obviously could 
cause a lot of damage in an environment, let's say from a ransomware outbreak and so on. So make sure you're focusing on that. The second thing would be make sure you're testing your environment so that you understand where your risks are. Um, and that's both um, external, right, the edge, uh, as well as wireless, right? You know, there are devices, I've got one on my shelf behind me that you can throw in a bush outside an organization and use that to execute a man in the middle attack to your wireless infrastructure. So make sure you're thinking about those types of things and, and focusing on where could the bad guy find a weakness that they could exploit. And that means third-party testing, right? With, with individuals who are highly skilled and highly trained to execute that extremely critical. And the third thing I want to mention, um, you know, getting back to, I think, one of the things that Tim said, when you think about patching and systems, one of the things that's really critical in the healthcare industry is there are a lot of systems that are very expensive, typically in the imaging area, right, that are running very old operating systems that cannot be patched. Uh, and so one of the things you have to do is recognize that is a huge threat and you need to isolate those systems. So you need to build, you know, walls around them, so to speak, to make sure that the malicious actor can't get to them easily, because if they can, executing an attack against that type of system um, is very easy to do. So um, those are the three things I, that I would mention. They're super critical. Just to follow up to Steve's comment there about the top priorities, I, I don't want to also miss out on some important planning or I would consider pre-planning is always having an incident response plan, how how you're going to respond to situations. And then, of course, that's really based on your, your business continuance uh, disaster recovery plan. So that that is a, a key element that I think everyone should always have in their, their, their back pocket, their utility belt of items that when you're talking about security, that's got to be one of those elements in there as you as you work up the chain of events. You know, we, we protect the perimeter, we protect, we protect the middle, but then what happens when it, the attack happens? We've got to have a plan to respond to it. So that, that would be just my two cents to add to that. Sounds like we're in better shape. We're more focused than we have been in past years. Sounds like we still do have some technologies that are on the horizon that will be there that hopefully will get us to an even more secure type of environment in the coming years. But that remains, there's still those challenges of the humans. And so again, folks, if you need uh, support on the, the education front, if you need some of that simplicity of wrapping these all together as uh, programs, not just a one-off technology, but really uh, suites of technology, of course, reach out to your uh, connection account teams because they can have the initial conversations with you, can pull in, uh, you know, if it is healthcare, Dr. Keith and his team, uh, Tim and Steve available, right, really to get an idea of what your security challenges are, because as we mentioned earlier, no silver bullet. And so really is about uh, getting to understand what you're dealing with uh, and then trying to help you move towards that more secure today than we were yesterday. And then the next day, a little more secure, right? Those inching uh, forward so that you do get to those strong, secure spots. So with that, folks, we'll wrap things up. Thanks for joining us for this Tech Experience Solutions podcast. As always, like, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, on behalf of our entire team, we hope that you continue to be safe, be well, and we look forward to talking to you all down the road. <laughs>